When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon. This is The Run Home on SENZ. It is Monday the 23rd of January. We are back. Kirsten B for another year, 2023. How are you, Beef? How's your year been? Well, great to see you again, Kirsten. Yeah, who would have Not thought? all of us had the option of coming back two weeks early, Beef, because of the rain. Well, tell you what, I came back early because I just love working. And Tell the truth. <laughs> Tell the truth. I came back early and I just thought I miss CNZ, I miss the listeners. and As did I. It's yeah. been a long time. Well, I tell you what, you look like you had a wonderful summer. Well, I didn't. I've actually seen rain for about the last four weeks. I think I've seen the sun four times in four weeks, and oh. that's all. That's my lot in the North Island. The last few weeks have been all right, surely? No, the last week has been phenomenal. It's been yes. fantastic. But aside from that, uh, wasn't the best. It was a great summer to be based in the South Island where they were re- hitting record temperatures every single day. Even Greymouth was getting up to 30-odd degrees. Because that's where you had Chrissy, wasn't it? And it was pouring with rain. Oh, was it? It rained every day other than one day when we are in Queenstown. We couldn't do a thing. And then we come up north on the 27th, have two nice days, and then it rains again. Yeah, but North really took a barrage, didn't it? Um, well, I guess... you at the Coromandel. You got flooded out. Roads were closed off. Yeah. Your life was closed to the outside world, Beef. Yeah, and couldn't, couldn't have had it any better. Uh, it would have been you nice. Yeah, the grins and yeah. the batch. Would have been nice if we got out in the water a bit uh, and get the kids out of the batch. Yeah, how often did you actually go fishing? Uh, Once or twice? Twice. Twice and... I was a bit complacent with the... Because you know how we were supposed to get really uh, really poor weather leading up to Christmas and New Year's? We got a real good week and I was like, oh, well, it'll be good weather to come. I'll just, the 30th. Yeah. That's so, when it... That's when it turned. And it turned for some time. And I kept looking at the long-term weather forecast and I thought, geez, I must have this wrong. But, I'll just... I'll go back to work early. Well, the opportunity arose and uh, two hands. Get it out there. But... Uh, I'm yes. very impressed uh, by your work ethic, babe. You keep reminding us that you are a company man, and you mm. are indeed. Yeah, I mean, you know, for for, for a bit of the company. Um, but no, it was some highlights for you. Uh, you were said just stuck in down in the down in the south. Was this an opportunity for you to really knuckle down and get some upskilling on the cooking? Oh, no. No? No. um, I did not upskill on the cooking one bit. Um, I barely got any golf in as well. I thought I was going to come back and be close to Lydia Ko, but I am not. I've actually gone backwards. It's... It's a huge disappointment of mine, my we, golf game over the summer. Well, we did, see, we did see a little bit there on social media. Mm, the last week, the yes. last week when we've had a bit of sun, I went out three times and I was absolutely horrible. Was this Awful, in the mount, was it? Terrible. After not hitting a ball for four weeks, I couldn't hit one. I couldn't see it. Did you take them down the south of there? The sticks? The clubs? Yeah. No. 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 I thought you were at that stage where you just don't don't leave. Well, you take your clubs everywhere yeah. with you. Well, I don't even have my own clubs yet, so I'm still borrowing clubs. That doesn't help. No, that's true. That doesn't help at all, uh, but also not playing for a month. Shocker. An what, absolute shocker. What did you notice was the thing that went, went the oh, most? A, a, actually, a bit of everything. Um, irons, c- couldn't use them. Yes. Uh, putting, no good. 
oh, well past the hole. Because you were such a good putter at the oh, Grins Classic. I was a, I was the a great Classic. putter. Um, the chipping onto the green. All the field shots. Mm. Oh, the short game is so difficult. When you're so close to the green and you need to, like, pop the ball up, how do you hit 10 metres rather than having your ball go way over the back of the green. And yet, but the what you've made your name on, the driving, still there? Driving's still there. Yeah. I've still got the drive. I saw a couple of clips and thought, mm, still hitting it. Still got the drive, but yes. short game, really, really tricky. And now you're back on the tools already with the uh, with the rugby in the weekend too. Yes, first weekend uh, of rugby over the weekend at the Sevens. Great fun, isn't it? How good is the Sevens? That is going to be an event that we will miss in New Zealand. I know it's not... As everyone says, the Wellington Sevens was amazing. But for the kids that come through these days, that Hamilton Sevens is still good. Yeah, they absolutely. still party hard, and it's a really enjoyable weekend. Yeah, well, Hamilton's one of the great great spots in the world. Um, players love going there. Okay. You ask all the players, and they're like, Vegas, Los Angeles, Hong Kong. Nah, Hamilton. No, Hamilton's Hamilton. a great place. And, I mean, I can't help but start reading between the lines. Every time you hear someone talk about it, they keep alluding to this fact that, for now... It's coming back. There's whispers. It's, yeah. com- it's coming back in its purity as a World Series event Not sure. or, or just a standalone? But New Zealand Rugby are looking at bringing their own event. So yes. World, we obviously know now that World Rugby um, next season, after this, this current season, um, are bringing in a seven tournament and seven iconic venues around the world. Um, they need to bring in more revenue. Yes. The tournament's not paying for itself at the moment, so they need to bring in more money, more commercial opportunities. So they're obviously going to go to these uh, big places that have money. Um, we're yet to hear who those seven countries are, but it will not be New Zealand in the short-term future. But New Zealand, because when you look at seven tournaments, it's a tournament a month. Like, it's not mm. enough when you've got the Olympics happening next year for these players to get game time. So different um, sporting bodies will need to host tournaments and get these teams over so, the, so that their teams can get more game time. New Zealand will do that. Well, it's saying, I mean, you can't justify paying players to be full-time professionals for seven How tournaments. How can you, exactly. So these, what's going to happen? What's going to happen with a sevens program if they're only playing one a month for seven months? Good gig if you're a player. <laughs> they're not going to, surely they can't remain no, on can't. the same contracts that they're on, but also it, Makes things wide open when it comes to these pinnacle events, right? Yes. Seeing Argentina win on the weekend, if you've got everyone only playing seven tournaments rather than having 12, 13, 14 events, it's even. Yeah, the Argentina making making from winning it all. Um, Craig, was, did you see any of that? Uh, not a whole lot. I was driving home on uh, Saturday morning mm. after our little Grins event pre Sevens party. Um, and um, the Fiji. How'd that go? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, good. Good way to open the seven. Yeah, it's a great way to open the weekend. Yeah. Um, you would have got a real vibe of what Hamilton was doing. Oh, look, I was home in bed very early, but yeah, I got a feel for it. Um, the Fijian community, obviously driving down from Auckland. The they, best. They were at Mobile in uh, Mary On the Mary, way down. On the way down <laughs> at about 8 o'clock in the morning. And I was thinking, geez, what time's the seven start? Yeah, they arrived uh, before the broadcast team was on site. They and were waiting outside the gates. And to Sky get does get there early. We get there <laughs> two hours before the game starts. So they were there. Great supporters. Yeah, you need those uh, Fijian supporters, that's for sure. The Samoan supporters weren't too bad either. Um, but there were a lot of Kiwis that turned up for those final two matches last night. The poor men. Yes. One uh, moment. We fumble at the end. Brady Rush. That's Eric's son. It is, son of the great, who won us the quarterfinal earlier in the day. Did he? Come from behind, try. Ah, oh, well. That's sport. Yeah, that's the sport. women win, though. 
Yeah, they had another trophy. They're, they're unbelievable, those women. Um, but you had a big weekend as well, Beef. Not only did you host the Grins pre-party, the unofficial HSBC7's pre-party yep. um, at the Bank in Hamilton. Um, anyone else? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you also went to a gig with your broken foot and toe. Yeah, Red Hot Chili Peppers. And rushed. Yes, yeah. So we, we booked these tickets months ago and... Uh, Little did I know that I was going to have an operation two days before. There was much speculation. Do you go for Post Malone, the opening act? You see, I keep still thinking that that's um, the great combination of John Stockton of the Utah Jazz fame. So Post Malone... Oh, not in your wheelhouse. Not in my wheelhouse. Mm. Um, no, we walked in as the postman was finishing. Um, we actually found a nice little pub that I'm sure Manai being the Warriors, Warriors regular wouldn't know about. But uh, is it something like the Zookeeper? Is that a Mount Smart? Oh, the zookeeper's. Yes. Yeah, zookeeper's on the corner son. there. Yes. That's um, about three or four Alice, k's. Alizu? Green yeah. lane. Green lane-ish. Yeah. It's right on the edge of sort of walking distance, isn't it? Well, you wouldn't want to walk did you much walk further. From there? Well, let me tell you a story that's here. A, that's kilometres. Yeah. We're talking so, kilometres. So we got, a, we got Ubers and lifts into it. We left the car around that area and uh, we got to Mount Smart and when they blocked off the streets, had to walk a bit, which still was enough for a man with a foot operation. And uh, then on the way out, could not get anything to save yourself, which hardly surprised leaving Mount Smart when there's 40-odd thousand mm-hmm. there. Uh, so ended up having to slog it out and walk back there. That's a long way. Hour and a half later. I was going to say, it's almost, I probably wouldn't walk there. No. No. You wouldn't. Certainly, certainly. You're almost better to get on the train. I mean, I wouldn't walk there with uh, both feet in great working condition. No, no. Let alone with... A shard of glass sticking out of one. Yeah, so it was a bit of a bit of a sour end. Luckily, as I was leaving Mount Smart, there was a food truck that I had one pizza from them and thought, "Geez, I like that." So I bought another three for the trip. Um, so I guess you know it, it all worked out in the end. But uh, yeah, I went to Chili Peppers um, for the first time, or not? First for the time fir- seeing the chilies. It was. Yeah, and that I'm would a, have been a bucket list gig for you. Yeah, you know, I've, I've always said it. There's there's a few that need to be ticked off, and the chilies were one. Um, you know, people have asked me how it was. I had a great day, um, hence why I was a big fan of that new pub that I've just found. Um, but I must say, um, Anthony and the boys, mm. they left a few out there. Oh. They kept a few in the pocket, which, um, I don't know, doesn't sit well with me. Who designs the set lists? Obviously not the fans. Um, but surely the band knows what everyone wants to hear. Look on your you YouTube. Know? Look on... Uh, look uh, yeah, on what yeah. the songs are <laughs> that everyone's listening to. Um, like, you know, right? Read the room. Yeah. What so, did they play? What didn't they play? Uh, their biggest hit that they played, and look, forgive me because I did sneak off. The other thing about... <laughs> you Mount snuck S- off? No, no, no. I snucked off because we get there, and you know that car park area Mount Smart? Yeah. Where they put the bars and all that on concert night? Like you were literally talking 150 meters for the bars, and they like snowed back around on each other. So, so I was, you're waiting there for an hour and a half. No, I said to our crew, I said honestly, they'll they'll come out the gates early, two big songs, and then I'll go up. So I listened to three, then I went up with my mate, and we we just sat up there for 40 minutes and cause well, you, and listened to them from yeah, the car park, and you could get four at a time. And you know that little one that has the mini park course there. Yes, we were and sat in there. Because they've got a bar in there, don't they? Bar in there. So yeah. I had a few pink gins, actually. Oh, um, lovely. Yeah. So you went to the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> concert, didn't see Posty, a.k.a. Post Malone, and sat at the mini golf bar outside the stand. 
Did you even hear and the concert at that stage? Yeah. Drinking pink gin. And drinking pink gin. And, um, well, I think they had something crafty on the, on the beer list, so there was no way I was touching that. Um, so, yeah, but then came back in. Um, as I say, had a great day, but, jeez. There's a few. There's a few left out there. Young Napier from uh, the was breakfast. He, he knew he was there. He was texting me midway through. He goes, "How good's this beef?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, I'm just hoping that the encore's got a few big, big hits amongst them." But uh, no, great day out at Mount Smart. Were but, you on uh, the ground? Yes, yeah. on the ground. Yeah, but there's a few. There's a few footy boys are sort of. Uh, Bumped into there, so... Who did you bump into? Sammy Kane would have been a fan of the Chilies, wouldn't he? Yes, I think, he, I think he's there. Webby came and dropped me some when he when I rang up Webby because I knew Webby was VIP. I said, Webby, you need to get me some, uh, you need to get me some booze down here. So he came down this... There's this, this walkway between the stand and the field, so Webby... So he was delivering you your pink gins. I think that's how I got onto the pink gins because Webby handed me over some pink gins and I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm on these now. <laughs> here uh, we go. Yeah, but uh, no, it was good. It was a good day, but uh, yeah... The only thing, like I know people get into Bono about, um, you know, we, we, we haven't come to be preached um, to, but then it's the opposite with old, my man Anthony. Mm. He, didn't, he didn't preach at all or didn't just talk at all. He just sung his songs and got out. You want a bit of interaction, don't you? Yeah, I like You want a bit, a bit of, of chat. You, yeah. want, mm, so, you want them to seem like they care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't get that vibe off my mate Kedos. And I've read your book too. He just doesn't care. I have my sign. It's the only book that Beaver's ever read in his entire life is your book, Scar Tissue. I had my book Wendy sign it. I was hanging around. Were you that close? No, no, I was, no. If, if they were at the dead, dead, dead goal one end, I was uh, trying to get myself a twenty sixty from the other end. Mm. I was deep. I was deep on defence. Yeah. Um, and how are the children? Yeah, have good. they grown up? Oh yes, yeah. But, but, Still but, running a muck. How's the middle child? Uh, yeah, just out of control. Just out of control to a point where I know he hasn't gotten worse. I've got no control over him. Jeez, we had some. Does anyone? Does Alex? Uh, Alex is a bit more because she's a bit more stronger with him. But oh yes, it's because you say that's okay. Jeez, we had some tantrums over the uh, summer season. Who was throwing them? Who you? He <laughs> he threw a couple. Uh, Livy threw an absolute, a few absolute corkers. Um, the other day we went to the supermarket and uh, and Alex gets into me because she says you should never do this in the first place. But you know how they have those twisty things at the end of the checkouts where the kids put two bucks in mm. and they get a ball out. Mm. Well, we go in there and uh, the kids had been good. I took them around the supermarket, always risky. They'd been good, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, Liv goes, oh, Dad. Can I have a ball, please? I was You're like, just oh. the easy target. You're I, such a softie, babe. I said, you use good manners. I said, darling, it requires cash. I don't know if I've gone in my wallet. I had $2 sitting there. I was like, right, there you go. We went and got it. Spits out a blue ball. She wanted a pink ball. Of course she I, did. I said, darling, it's lack of the draw. And I've got no other coins. I've got no other coins. Uh, <laughs> so she, she had a tantrum. She threw that down the <laughs> down the supermarket and then proceeded to assault me as I'm trying, <laughs> to, trying to drag out of a car. So I'm probably getting up on child assault. Um, and, yes, the tantrum lasted a fair old while. You should have just got her her pink ball, babe. Get her in the car and she goes, where's my ball, Dad? I was like, you biffed it across the car park. I don't know where it is. So I've been scavenged around the car park for five minutes trying to find this bloody blue ball for her. So yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a summer of tantrums because obviously when we were at the batch with the rain, we were locked in, we were locked yeah, in doors for a Yeah. So what did they do? How did you keep them entertained for that week and a half? Any opportunity, it was right. We're off to the park and uh, and off for a beach or swim. I I had no issues with them getting out there in that conditions. So you just, you just went out in the rain, even though yeah. others were drowning off the coast. We we did, <laughs> and we also had just a impromptu pool. 
mud pool just created out on the front lawn there because of the heaviness of the rain. And Jacko and Liam in particular uh, just were in absolute heaven there. Oh, they're the same size now, those two, aren't yeah, they? Even yeah. though there's, what, 10, 12, 13 oh, months between 13 them? 13 months, yeah. 13 so, months is yeah. exactly the same size. Yeah, no, no. It's good because, I mean, whose clothes pole is this? Oh, it'll fit you, it'll fit you. <laughs> so away you go. Well, it sounds like you had a fantastic summer. Um, someone just texted in, actually. Who is Balno and Kados? Um, well, Bono's lead singer of you too, and my man Kidos is uh, Chili Feathers. Mm. Beaver's back, everyone. <laughs> Beaver's back. Kirsten Beaver's back. Hopefully, you're enjoying the chats. Uh, we've missed talking to you. Get at us on the text line double eight double three is the temperate bedpost text line if you'd like to get in contact with us or oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven on the Makita New Zealand phone line. Rule the outdoors and don't forget if you haven't heard yet, every week for the caller of the week right here on the run home, we have a two hundred and fifty dollar Makita New Zealand voucher to give away. Brian sent a message in. Beef. Yeah, Brian just wants to know. Well, first of all, welcome back, you two. Uh, good to be back, Brian. Uh, Great to be back. So good to be back, Brian. Uh, Kirst, you didn't get a chance to improve on your two fifty seven meter driving distance. No, um, the drive the the driving range in Tauranga. Mm. This is a real gripe here. This is a, a Thursday therapy session. They need a new one. It's terrible. It's the worst driving range I've ever been to, and I haven't been to many. Do they but make you can't you... even record the distances on the Tony. Oh. <laughs> do, do they make you put the ball on the tee yourself, Kirst? Yes. Oh my and God. they've got one of those. No, hold on a minute. Yeah. They've got one of those nets that if your ball goes what ten meters in the air, it drops straight back down. Ah. You know those nets because it's yes. right next to the road, so they can't have you hitting your balls onto the road next to Bayfair. I thought you were going to say, oh, if your ball goes over 240. That's it, right, I thought she was going to say. <laughs> if you've got any height on your ball at all, you're gone. You, you have been a bit sport by our great friends down at Remuera, though. <laughs> they do have the best facilities in the yes. country. Um, and I feel like that actually needs to be rolled out across the country. I'm not sure how we do that, how we get that done, but everyone needs um, golfing facilities like that, and they're just <laughs> they're missing it in Tauranga. There you go. Not even plugged. Um, and just so I'm clear, your home away from home on the golf scene when you're down in the bay is that one in the middle, that long road when you're driving into the mount sort of thing, is it? Is it the, the driving range? Yes, is, and that golf course in the no, middle. No, mum and dad live ne- right next to the Tottingham golf course. Oh. Um, but I actually didn't play there. It was... It was very busy when we were back home, so we went and played at the Otomodai Golf Course. Oh yes, for a couple. Of, have you played there? Beautiful part it's of the world. Real simple, simple golf course. Um, not much can go wrong. Dad wanted me to go out with him and his uh, golfing buddies for a round, but no way, because I've got to beat him, and I wasn't playing well enough. Not there yet. Not yet. Not there yet. Like he is going out every single day now that he's heard I can drive two fifty-seven meters, and I am not there. Did you go out and play with your dad? I did, actually. How was family golf? Yeah, well, well, it was funny because... Um, there would have been some tantrums thrown there. No, well, more... Mum's picked it up right recently and, and Dad's still... Dad's improving rapidly. Is she better than... Yeah, yeah, she him? probably is better than Dad, yeah. And, uh, and poor my brother, who's a very, very good golfer, played nine holes with us and said, oh, you guys are all finished now. I'm going to carry on and play another nine. Because, oh, I'm so uh, sick of you. Yeah, 
Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, have you got any stories to share with us uh, from the summer break? Uh, if you do, give us a message, double eight, double three. I've just seen our next guest walk into the building. We have Cameron George, the CEO of the Warriors, coming on the program live in studio from 5 till 5.30. So if you have any questions for him, send them our way, double eight, double three. Leon Hayward, who is the Blacksticks goalie, is coming on the program at half past four. Uh, they beat India this morning. And are now through to the Hockey World Cup quarterfinals. Honey Hitomi Smiler, a friend of the show, is coming on after 5.30. Uh, we're going to talk all things Hamilton Sevens with her after a fantastic weekend. After six, we chat a bit of boxing. Joseph Parker with an Australian boxing specialist, Ben Damon, and of course, Drive to Survive is today. Cream of the crop, instant replay, and so much more. That is the Macca's menu. Thanks to Mac Delivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is The Run Home on SENZ with Kirsten Beeve. All thanks to Rotoflex by Blundstone. Stability meets the freedom to move. It is so good to be back on air talking to you. If you've got something to say, you know the number 0800 150 811 on the Makita New Zealand phone line or 8833 on the Temper and Bed Post text machine. For now, though, we are about to catch up with a hero, a hero of our nation today, Leon Hayward, the Black Sticks goalkeeper, who saved uh, the winning shot in the shoot out two winning shots I should say to beat India and go through to the quarterfinals at the Hockey World Cup let's relive the action Can he find the net he's got to score remember or India are out Shams is moving the feed he can't find the save and the second one is there it's all over New Zealand have beaten India in a shootout and the hosts are out of their own World Cup New Zealand that was a crazy match and joining us is Leon. Leon, thank you so much for your time and congratulations making it through to the Super 8. How do you feel about that? What does this one mean to the team? Oh, kia ora guys. Yeah, um, look, it was a crazy moment. I think it was a very big moment for the team and really happy, happy moment for me too, actually. An 18-shot decider. Talk us through what those penalty shootouts are like uh, for a goalie. Well, it was pretty nerve-wracking, eh? They, uh, I think in the stands they had about, I don't know, 20,000 people, felt like 100,000. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it was just, um, wow, well, we put a lot of hard work in, so we practised a lot, and I had some notes on some of the players, and I got lucky a few times. Um, and, uh, you know, things happened, and then we came around, and I did, I did, did a dirty little gritty there at the end for everybody. So good. <laughs> Mate, you talk about, you know, your preparation and uh, doing notes on people, because obviously it's got came to my mind when you were watching the Soccer World Cup there a few, few months ago. Do you sort of look at guys and go, right, nine times out of ten, he's going to my left or doing this to me, blah, blah, blah? Yeah, I do. So we, we watched a lot of stuff. Um, actually, we spoke with the coach and my other coach back home, Hubis, and we were talking a lot about what people would do come this situation, you know. Um, and these ones always, like these shootouts, always come out the biggest moments in the tournament. So you have to be ready for them. Um, and I actually got a guy, a couple, few, a few of the guys. So Harman Preet did something a little bit different. I've not seen him do before, and that made me have a little bit of confidence. You know, they got to change things up or do something. So felt good about that, and uh, yeah, got lucky a couple times too. How's the team reacted to this, Leon? Like, are you able to celebrate this moment uh, and this match, or do you just have to so quickly turn around and focus on the next one? 
Oh, last night we were celebrating. Trust me. Good. We, uh, we <laughs> How had, does that we look had like in time. India? <laughs> uh, that's just having a couple of uh, Coca-Colas and sitting around shaking hands. Um, but uh, we celebrated it. But today um, we're focused. We've got we've got a big game coming up against Belgium. Yeah. And uh, if we prepare well, we do our homework, then you know anything can happen. It's India and it's uh, it's the World Cup, and it's sixty minutes. Anything can happen. Now so. tell us uh, a little bit more about this gorilla celebration of yours. Oh my god, the gorilla! So that wasn't the gorilla. Uh, the gorilla's banned. I'm not allowed to do the gorilla anymore. But this is the this is the gritty. This is something I've seen on um, you know basketball players do. I thought it was cool, so I tried it, and I felt pretty cool. <laughs> Mate, obviously you got to have an amazing moment last uh, last night. I guess we've talked to a few of the teamers that before they went over some massive amounts of sacrifices. Obviously. You sacrifice you make just with your training regimes, but you, you went over to India a few months ago to, to, I guess, for this reason, to get a bit of a sample of conditions and what have you. Is it all starting to feel like all those things have become worth it? Yeah, you're right. Look, we have sacrificed a lot. I've been away from, from uh, my girlfriend for a long time, Carly, and uh, I've been away from my work for ages down there in, in Tiamutu, Finn's Chartered Accountants. Put a little bit of a plug in there, you know? Nice. Um, but it, it's... Uh, you know, it does. It's starting to feel right, and I'm glad we came over early and we played against India and Wales and England. And uh, they, those little things make all the difference, you know. And, and when you come to India, things are different, and you have to be a little bit more um, flexible with how things are. And I guess if we didn't have that time to get ready and prepare, it would look a little bit different. How confident is the team now going up against Belgium? Oh, look, I think we're 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 uh, we're pretty confident. We. Um, we we always do our homework and and today and tomorrow we'll be we'll be just doing homework watching codes on them. They're a very good team and they've been a very good team for ages. But so are India and we knocked them off. So why not? I feel it's a great attitude to have. Now, uh, Leon, you've been talking about homework. We've done a little bit of homework here on the run home as well. And um, someone's told us about this tattoo that you've got, Man of the Year. Can you confirm or deny? I can confirm I have a man of the year tattoo. Yes, I can. Where is it and, and, and what does that mean? Because Beaver is in awe of you. He's in love with you after hearing the news of this tattoo. You might have inspired well, him to get his first, actually. Let's let's do it. Let's all get together. I said to the boys, maybe we all get man of the year tattoos last night. Um, it was just, uh, I was in Spain and I was uh, enjoying myself a lot and I thought it was a good idea. That, that song, man of, the, man of the Year by Schoolboy Q was out. And it just felt right. I don't know what to tell you. Well, look, I reckon your entire team should get Man of the Year tattoos if you go through your beat Belgium. Uh, you guys are absolutely flying at this World Cup and everyone back here in New Zealand is behind you as well. Thank you so much for your time, Leon. So great to talk to you and all the very best against Belgium. Too easy, guys. Take it, take it easy. Have a good day. Thank you. You Thanks, too. Mate. Leon Hayward joining us there out of India, part of our Black Sticks men's squad over there at the moment competing in the Hockey World Cup. Um, a lot we can take out of that one, Beef. But the tattoo, mm. have you been inspired? Um, look, I admire them, um, but it's probably still not going to get me down to the, the local parlour. Look, if you were going to have a quote or a song <laughs> lyric on you, what would it be? Uh, I don't, Nothing from the chilies after the weekend. Well, I don't know if I'm confident enough to have man of the year. I certainly my house wouldn't be uh, promoting that for me at the moment. How uh, about a tattoo of a giant moor with the uh, lyrics "Why does love do this to me?" <laughs> underneath it. Now you're starting to uh, starting to. 
make some sense there, Manaya. What about uh, the William Webb Ellis on the inside of your bicep? <laughs> <laughs> Always looks like a very sensitive place to get one. No, I, I think I'll just leave the tattoos. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to get to a point where it's actually cool not to have a tattoo. You know how it's cool to have tattoos? I think it might be cool not to one day. Mm. Yeah, you that day right. may come. It, it may come. Yeah. Uh, but if there was a line and a song mm. or, or a quote uh, that Beaver would best be summed up by, what would that be? Double eight, <laughs> double three on the Temperin Bedpost text Kiss, line. Kiss, don't you have one? I do have a terrible quote. What does your one say? Oh, it makes me cringe thinking about it, and I am getting it removed. What, that butterfly on the inside it's of your It's not a butterfly, ankle. but it's just as bad. <laughs> it is just as bad. Impossible is nothing. Are you sports playing this? Just give me a long way to get there. Oh, that's terrible. Wow. And we'll leave it there. And with that, I want some of stealing sports days. <laughs> sell, sell, sell. Mr. Eddie Dazzler. Um, yes, um, one of my worst moments, uh, I have to say. Uh, but anyway, a quote to sum up, Beaver. If you've got one, let us know. Take the attention away from me for a moment. Double eight, double three on the Temper and Bed Post text line. Or keep your messages coming through. We've got Cameron George and Andrew McFadden, Cappy, who of course was the former head coach of the Warriors. He's here as well. And he's now back with the Warriors as general manager of recruitment. Pathways. Pathways and development. We cannot wait to talk to them. Uh, I'm sure you can't wait to hear, but if you've got questions, fire them our way. We've already had a number of you sending in your messages. We will get to those with Cameron George and Andrew McFadden after five o'clock. Great to have you joining us on The Run Home, Kirsten Beeve. It is Monday and it's so good to be back on the airways for 2023. We've had some suggestions uh, for tattoo ideas, quotes that sort of sum up Beeve, song lyrics. We've just heard from uh, Leon Hayward from the Black Sticks. He's got Man of the Year tattooed on him. Good vibes. I'm, I'm getting really good vibes from him. Yeah, <laughs> powerful vibes. Very Every year. Pow- <laughs> <laughs> well, look, 2023, man of the year. If he starts off the year with a World Cup win. I mean, he is so far. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Powerful. By far. That is powerful. There's not even a New Zealand sportsman on the same level as him right now. No. He's at. Halberg. <laughs> Too soon. Okay. Too soon for it. Uh, Kenny has suggested Beaver should have Old Man River tattooed across his back. Is that a song? TV show, isn't it? Is it a TV show? No, it is. A, it's a song. Old Man River. He just keeps rolling along. We'll, we'll get it for the next. Uh, <laughs> we'll the next we'll get the song. Yeah, don't mind it. And uh, speaking of ideas, apparently Donald from Christchurch. Donald, how are we? Yeah, not bad, thanks, buddy. Uh, excuse me if I talk a bit funny, but um, I've had some cancer cut out of my bottom lip, so. Uh, can't quite organise them properly. <laughs> oh no worries, mate. I hope you hope you're feeling better and it's, he's all uh, on the improve for you. Oh, I'm getting there. Getting there. Hey, uh, Beaver would be uh, to get kick of the year tattoo on his oh, arm. Clever, Donald. <laughs> very, very clever on his ass. Home, his wife can kick him up the ass, and here's another <laughs> kick of the year for you. <laughs> Well, to be fair, she'd actually probably be a fan of that. Um, if I'm not doing enough work around the gardens or... Uh, Which you're not at the moment. You're currently lame. No, I am. I'm very lame. She often says that's when I'm even when I'm not lame. Uh, I'm not too keen on getting my hands dirty in the garden. But uh, no, thank you, Donald. I appreciate appreciate the suggestion. Wonderful um, suggestion, Donald. It's it's up there. It's, it's certainly an improvement. Well, I won't say an improvement, but... On Man of the Year? Oh, more impossible is nothing. Oh, um, I just don't know if I can top gone. that. It's gone. 
It's gone or it's going. It's going, going, gone. Uh, that is a great suggestion from Donald. If you have an idea or if you would like to give us a bell, uh, the caller of the week on the drive home will win a $250 Makita New Zealand voucher. Uh, you know the number to call as well, 0800-150-811 on the Makita New Zealand phone line. We have Cameron George, CEO of the Warriors, coming on the programme very, very shortly. A number of uh, questions coming through for him uh, for the 2023 season. If you have some questions... Double eight double three is the number to text. Today is a celebration though because SENZ has just signed on as the club's official radio partner. Babe, this is big news because this means you get to go along to every Warriors game this year. Oh look, that may your be your dreams of, have come true. That may be one of the fringe benefits um, of this sponsorship deal, but obviously we're able to bring all the listeners. The uh, obviously the commentaries which we did last year yeah. so brilliantly through Sam Hewitt, Tony Kemp, Staffy on the sideline. I know that got wonderful reviews. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're going to get a little bit more access to the Warriors this year and uh, and help spread the great word about the Warriors because as one of our listeners has texted in, this is in fact the year of the Warriors. So uh, yeah, can't wait actually. And, and yes, I guess. As a lucky SNZ worker, might be able to slip along to a, to a few games there. I mean, you got really good feelings sitting next to Andrew Webster at the dinner yeah, did, at the end I? of last year. I did say that. You I... got a good feeling and a good vibe about this year. Yes, and uh, training the house down all of them apparently, so who knows. Well, we will have all the coverage of the Warriors games this year and everything that's happening around the team and the club on the SENZ app on all 28 radio channels as well, digital platforms. We're connecting you to the One New Zealand Warriors, um, which is just fantastic to be able to sign that deal. So thank you so much to Hutchie uh, from SENZ, our big boss, who made that happen, along with the Warriors CEO, Cameron George, who's not too far away from coming on the programme either. Good afternoon, or good evening, I should say. It is just after 5 o'clock on Monday, the 23rd of January. You're listening to The Run Home right here on SENZ. And we have exciting news to announce today that SENZ has signed a deal with the One New Zealand Warriors to be the club's official radio partner in New Zealand. And joining us to talk about it, to talk all things uh, rugby league and the Warriors this season, is the CEO of the Warriors, Cameron George, and Andrew McFadden, who's the general manager. Manager of Recruitment, Development and Pathways. Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking time and coming into our beautiful studio as well. And congratulations on this deal. How good is this? Yeah, it's outstanding and welcome aboard. Um, you know, to you guys, SENZ, to, to Hachi and everyone, all your team. It's a privilege to be in partnership as we take sport, you know, to the nation. And you guys do it so well. Um, you know, when we partner up with, with new or existing partners on your, in terms of renewal, we always look at what, you know, benefit we can do for each other. And I just feel like there's a huge opportunity for both parties to really enjoy this partnership, grow the listener base, grow the engagement and have a lot of fun at Mount Smart with the uh, One New Zealand Warriors. Oh, we're so excited for this, aren't we, Beef? Because uh, as we mentioned, that was your favourite thing to do last year when the Warriors actually returned. And this is the true homecoming season was getting out and watching some games live at Mount Smart. Yeah, absolutely. On that, uh, The first one was pretty, it was an amazing atmosphere out there, wasn't it? The first one was, was like nothing else. And uh, we were lucky enough to do a couple of our Friday broadcasts from out there. So... Uh, 
No, it was, uh, it, was a, it was highly entertaining, and uh, you've obviously already put your hand up thinking that you'll be able to get out there a little bit this time, even though you don't work Fridays. Oh, come on, babe, I do still work Fridays. I will be out there so long as it is not on a Sunday, but we're going to be able to connect directly with you, the fans across New Zealand, across both sides of the Tasman as well. Um, but thank you. Thank you so much for coming in, and thank you for signing this partnership as well. Uh, it is fantastic to be able to connect with you, connect with the club. Um, we're going to get back to this very shortly, but we also need to say congratulations. The Karaka Million, you won that over the weekend as well. That is absolutely phenomenal. You must be riding a high too. Yeah, well, I'll just sober up really. Uh, <laughs> it's been a big couple of days. It's been a lot of fun uh, with some mates that are in the horse as well, but just, you know, it's spectacular to be part of the racing industry and uh, to share in that with some really good friends is, is something that makes it quite special but a lot of fun. Yeah. For you, Andrew, what's it like being back at the Warriors pulling on those club colours again? Yeah, look, I'm very excited to be back, to be honest with you. Um, it was an opportunity that come up bit out of the blue, but um, yeah, one I couldn't pass up and I've been back for about three months now and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just happy to be, I call it home. Mate, and obviously talking about the new role and geez, it's quite a mouthful when Kirst actually got it all out, but uh, <laughs> what's, what's the focus on that? Obviously, this is a land that can produce rugby league players and rugby players, obviously is that the focus? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's taken a real hit the last three years with COVID and, and not having a presence here in New Zealand with our NRL side, but yeah. Um, we are certainly you know, working very hard to make sure we've got a, you know, a real steady flow of you know, great young juniors coming through because we know in history tells us that um, you know, the great Warriors teams of the past that have made grand finals have a huge representation from the local league here. So you know, it's a big priority for us. Because from a team point of view, obviously the 20s doesn't happen anymore, does it, as far as what sort of age group sides are you sort of putting together? So we've got our inaugural um, SG Ball squad, which is an under-19 side. <clears throat> They're actually kicking off in two weeks. Um, it's a short season. Um, and then, you know, we've, we've got our own New South Wales Cup team this year, our reserve grade side as well. So, um, you know, in the future we'll get a, a Jersey flag side, which is under-21s. Yep. Um, so there's going to be huge amounts of opportunity for our local juniors. We've got a number of questions uh, coming in. Cam, what makes you so excited for the 2023 season? Oh, look, I think just what Cappy was touching on, um, this is the first time in a long time we've been able to really connect the whole club through uh, internally to externally, uh, to be back in our own fan base. We've lived so temporary over the last few years and just to walk down the street, you know, the players and the coaches being acknowledged by their own fans, having their home ground, having their own gym and everything is going to make a hell of a difference. And just, um, you know, I'm really excited about these young kids kicking off their, their careers, you know. You're all there at some stage or another in your own professional uh, career and it's an exciting time for them and their families and Cappy and the guys have put a lot of work into this. So we've got a plan over the next few years, which for both men and women, there'll be, you know, a jumper to be worn. Uh, if you put in the hard work and want to represent New Zealand, you can do that through the Warriors at, you know, in the NRL. So we're very excited about the plan ahead. Chris has sent in a message on the text line, double eight, double three. Uh, can Cameron George please confirm if this is indeed the Warriors year? Oh, it's going to be a year, a year of uh, a lot of ups, uh, not many downs. I really think that we, um, you know, Cappy can touch on it as well. Webby has done an amazing job with his team around him to reset the club within you know within the locker room and so on and the players that the guys have brought in and married them up with the existing crew is a really good mixture of experience and youth uh, energy and um, and and you know just a real big excitement and buzz amongst it so 
the key is starting well and yeah. the boys are prime they're training hard they're in good condition and uh, Webby said something to me the other day. It really stands out. They're you know they're they're rugby league fit opposed to just being fit, and that's that's putting a hard edge on them. And I think that's going to be something that will make this year a lot of fun for our fans. Keep sending through your questions because we love having your interaction. Double eight, double three as the number to text in. Uh, but Kathy, yeah, what have you noticed in the last three months? Um, look, I, I think you can see the energy um, mainly. Um, you can see you know I, I was in camp with the Warriors group um, probably 12 to 18 months ago now and you know you could see it really wearing on a lot of them and it was it was tough we we did it for eight weeks they did it for three years Um, and I know how tough it was on us so um, you know seeing them back here back at home you know where they you know where they're from and you know you can see they've just got a real energy around them it's been tough and um, you know but hopefully that'll give them some real steel and resilience going forward. Talking about obviously Andrew Ibsen, your new coach. The boys responded well. Obviously, you said uh, he's noticed uh, an edge about them. But the boys are piling in and uh, yeah. following, following him along. The best thing about Webby and Cappy coming back is they they wanted to come back. They want to be here. They want to be here for years and years and years. It's not a you know it's not a stepping stone to anything. What they want to do is this year be a stepping stone to success for a long time. Webby's seen good, bad, and different. Um, he's had a Good bit of luck over the last few years, and he's brought his own little way to coach here. Um, he's not, you know, being a replica of Ivan Clear or anything like that. He's doing his own thing, and I think we're seeing, you know, over time he's got to get a few bruises on him, no doubt. But I think we're seeing a good young coach really coming to his own. Um, he's owning his messaging. He's, you know, he's implementing his own systems, and he's also, you know, he, he knows what was good in the past here, and he's bringing that back in as well. So, um, you know, having Cappy in the same breath coming back. We've just got people that want to be here and want to take the club to another level, and it's coming through all through the club now. And we haven't seen anything about three or four o'clock uh, missions around Auckland City as far as towing tankers or anything like that. The boys just doing their own <laughs> training at regular hours, or are you just keeping your, your hard work to yourselves? No, they've, they've done a few interesting little things. I think a couple of weeks ago before Christmas, they left the stadium at four o'clock in the morning and uh, went to all different parts of uh, Auckland by yep. foot and um, you know they had to uh, watch an iPad of what the history of that particular location was they were at um, jog on to the next part the next part then when they come back they had to sit an exam and remember everything <laughs> and so on but you know it was a lot of fun with that as well but you know in their own way they've been doing a you know a shitload of work on the field that's got them really you know still like in terms of their fitness at this point in time. There's some new faces that have come into the Warriors environments, the Dylan Walkers, Tamari Martin, obviously Chance Nickel Clockstad back. Uh, what sort of impression have you got from these guys? Yeah, look, I think what probably sums up all those guys is they're all tough. They all bring an edge. Um, you know, I, I, I was lucky enough to coach Chance for three years in Canberra while he was there and he added a huge amount to our, our group. Uh, he comes back a much better player this time. You know, Mitch Barnett, as you said, to Mighty Martin, um, along with all the, the current crop. Yeah. I think there's a real, there's a, particularly in our forward pack, there's a real toughness. And, um, you know, that's where it's always won and lost mostly. And while we're on that, obviously, Tohu's been confirmed as the captain, the obvious rollover, obviously, get over his serious injury from a, from a year ago, he'd be better yeah. and stronger. He's a special human, Tohu, and he means a lot to the club um, and his family, you know, do a lot around the club as well. But, the one thing that people probably don't wouldn't know, it wasn't just a gift to him. He actually sat down with Webby at the start of the preseason and said, I don't want the captaincy unless I earn it off you. So he said, you're a new coach. 
I want you to watch me. I want you to watch me interact with the players, see if I got their respect, and had to tick a lot of boxes. And he put that challenge to Webby. Um, and, you know, from my experience with Torhu, he was always going to be ticked off as a captain. <laughs> yeah. But in his own mind, he didn't want it unless the coach thought he was the best person to lead this team. And that's a credit to him and that's the style of leader he is. It's a really, really cool story. Thank you so much for sharing that. We're going to go to a quick break here, but if you've got any more questions uh, for these two guests that we're lucky to have in studio, Andrew McFadden, Cameron George from the One New Zealand Warriors, send them our way, double eight, double three on the Temper and Bedpost text line or 0800 150 811. This is The Run Home on SENZ with Kirsten Beeve and a couple of very special guests in studio from the One New Zealand Warriors, the CEO Cameron George and Andrew McFadden, the General Manager of Recruitment development and pathways and we are celebrating because today the One New Zealand Warriors and SENZ have formed a brand new partnership. We are the club's official radio partner right here in New Zealand and we're so excited to deliver you some amazing content this year 2023. Cam, uh, over the off season uh, you've signed a lot of club legends on. Uh, tell us what the likes of Wairangi Korpu and Monty Beetham and these guys are going to be doing. Plenty. Um, so <laughs> Look, the Mad Butcher is our obviously num- number nineteen warrior and and our leading ambassador and um, does a lot a lot of work. But a real connection piece about us being back here and, and something that I learned a lot about while we we're away is is making sure you're connected with your past. And we have a lot of good people, um, and we identified some that really do carry the traits that we want to see on the field day in day out and off the field in the office and training and. And so on. So, while ranging from a cultural aspect, we've we've done a lot of work with that in the last you know twelve months in particular. And he's going to be our ambassador in that space, and and really make sure that we are doing what we should be doing when we should be doing it, and really educating the club across the board about you know the best cultural uh, practices we should have and and knowledge that we should have. And then in 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 a, in a line with that is, you know, Monty Beatham is in the office all the time. He's doing some corporate work for us and helping out with some young kids and Arwen Gutenbill and we've got Kevin Campion in Australia. So each player I just rattled off there carry the traits that we want to see in our footy team and that's, you know, competitive, you know, win at all costs and, um, you know, not lie down. And and that's what we want to instil through the all, all you know, all the organisation and, and, and they're just great people to have around as well. Bit of fun, and they're obviously well connected or, or well respected, I guess, throughout the entire country, not just Auckland. And you're, and you're getting a few games outside of Auckland. Have you got any other sort of plans to get the boys out and about as far as New Zealand goes? Uh, in line with those games that are around, so we're going to Christchurch for a trial game against Melbourne, and then Wellington for our first game, which will be a you know blockbuster there at the stadium. And um, really looking forward to that. And we'll get involved in the community, and then we're off to Napier, I think, at the end of May to play the Broncos. So, again, we'll do some cool stuff down there and then we play the Tigers in Hamilton, which is their home game. But Beautiful. But we certainly won't miss the opportunity to, um, you know, to get involved in the community as there, as, there as well. And we're very conscious that they've missed out on, yeah. you know, live rugby league um, at the NRL level for many years and, um, you know, really challenging clubs to continue thinking about bringing their games here. Whether it's against us or not, doesn't matter. Just let's grow sport and, you know, participation in this country. Did you have positive feedback about that from different clubs in Australia about bringing games here? Yeah, look, some some, some just couldn't do it because of their commitments, and yeah. I get that. Um, I really you know, I feel like we could have got more assistance from the NRL and everyone and just you know said, let's get some games over there, let's get some content, because we're really, you know, it's a rebirth of rugby league here. We're um, craving it. Exactly, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's great. We've got juniors and all that sort of thing kicking off again, but... 
we've got to stimulate uh, rugby league and we've got to really inspire people to get out and follow it and see their teams. Not everyone goes to the Warriors, we understand that. So they could have encouraged other clubs to do it. Yeah. Um, the one challenge for us this year was the the World Cup that's going to be on here Thank in New Zealand. Cup. It takes a lot of stadiums out of play, which caused a little bit of havoc. But anyway, we'll keep working on it for the next year or two. Well, fingers crossed that we'll get some more matches here, some more NRL teams. Uh, a question has come in on the text line from Simon. It's directed at Cameron, but it may be a question for you, Cappy. Uh, if... There is there any money in the pot for a prop as soon as the right one becomes available? And did you ever approach Marty Tapau? <laughs> uh, look, uh, I'll be honest. Yeah, we are looking for an experienced forward at the moment. Um, obviously, we lost Ben Murdoch Masilla a couple of weeks ago uh, for for personal reasons, and um, yeah, we need to replace that experience. So, um, look, Marty Tapau. You know, certainly was in conversation, but we didn't go too much further on that. We've we've got some irons in the fire there. Hopefully, we've got something to 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 bring Warriors fans pretty soon. But um, we're also conscious that you know, as I said before, we we want to promote our our younger players as well. Um, we know we have to have a balance in our squad, but we certainly don't want to you know recruit over the top of our juniors as well. Um, you know, we've got to give them a chance to get experience. Um, yeah, it's always a balance, but yeah, it's certainly in the back of our mind. Isn't it funny now that you probably years ago as a recruitment man, you could have probably put your feet up by December and go, well, my job's done for a year, good luck. But uh, the NRL just seems to keep progressing and there's no, I know there's a deadline at some stage during the season, but it seems to be ever-evolving the recruitment. It's forever moving, yeah. It's very fluid and uh, you've got to be ready to go at all times. Things change very quickly and um Yes, yeah, so I'm not sure when I'll be taking my holidays, <laughs> holidays at this stage. Never. <laughs> How does it work? Are you sort of alerted to the fact that um, someone may not be happy in their contract? Does everyone sort of know at the same time or do other people get the heads up over over some of the other clubs? How does it all work behind the scenes? Oh, you, you get your information from everywhere and it comes <laughs> at different times and, and all sorts of things. So, you know, managers are very active and clever. And, um, yeah, so you, you've got to be ready for anything. As, as someone that uh, is um, looking at development and pathways, how do you think Beaver truly would have gone in rugby league? <laughs> Kirst, I mean, I still like haven't I'm given up. I'm asking Cappy here. Yeah, was... <laughs> it still hasn't given up on his dream. No, I, but... I, no, I got something. He, he, how we talked about ambassadors. Yes. And, you know, we've got the cultural ambassador. We've got other traits that we look for in everyone. And he would be the social ambassador day in, day out. Day out. And I'd be very proud to align him to that uh, responsibility at any stage. <sighs> I'm probably available, to be fair. Um, I'm obviously a very serious uh, media journalist too, so my next question is around uh, a couple of the recruitments. Um, Where's Tamari Martin? Where's he been training? Has he been in the halves with uh, Sean, or is he still a fullback option, you think? No, he's been training in the halves with Sean. Um, We've got Charles Nickel-Cockstack there, who's, you know, Webby's very happy with. He'll be starting the season there. And um, yeah, Tamati and um, Sean are there, but you know, there's there's a couple of good young kids there, um, Ronald Volkman and Luke Metcalf there that have um, you know really you know, putting some pressure on. So it'd be interesting to see how that pans out. Be good to have some good depth there, won't it? It's certainly you know as as you know, depth is is critical to you know driving performance. You need that competition, particularly internally, and um, yeah, we certainly got that. Well, thank you so much uh, for both coming into yep. the studio and talking to us. Uh, we appreciate it so much. We know you would have had to battle traffic to come into our studios, but it's been awesome having you on the program, and hopefully you'll want to come back on every single week during the season. 
Yeah, we will. We'll send Webby in. We'll, we'll, we'll come when we win, and Webby can come when we get beat. But I just want to thank you guys and you know SENZ. It's great. It's great. We're excited about the partnership, and your listeners will get a lot out of it because we all love sport. And we we just want this country to enjoy our partnership, and we'll bring some cool things to the table. Thank you so Cheers, much. Mate. Thank you so much, gentlemen, uh, and get home safe. Hopefully the traffic's not too bad. Thanks oh, for coming in, Cappy. No worries. I'm just happy that Cameron didn't make me wait in the car. So <laughs> <laughs> It would have been a long wait. You guys were here uh, very promptly, I should say, half an hour early, much better than uh, my co-host and his timing. Oh. That's another shot yeah, across the bow, mate. It's relentless, mate. I'll get this three. Well. seven o'clock. Yeah, Good luck. Yeah. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for coming in. That is Cameron George, the CEO of the Warriors, and Andrew McFadden, the GM of Recruitment Development and Pathways. Lucky to have them in studio. We'll be back right after News and Sport. Well, thank you so much for sending all your questions through for Cameron George and for Andrew McFadden. It's great to be partnering with them this year. I uh, forgot to mention the Macca's menu. Coming up on the Macca's menu... Thanks to McDelivery, Honey Ketamine Smiler is coming on in the next 10 minutes to talk the Hamilton Sevens on our incredible Blackfern Sevens side who picked up another title over the weekend. We chat a bit of boxing with Ben Damon from Fox Sport across the Tasman. He's a boxing commentator. Drive to survive. We play that at half past six. Set the alarms. Uh, do not turn off the dial because we've got a $50 TAB bonus bet voucher up for grabs. We have cream of the crop plus so much more. That is the Macca's menu. Thanks to Mac Delivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. Uh, but back to the text line because uh, amongst the questions, there's also been some more suggestions for tattoos. Now, if you missed it a little bit earlier, we had Leon Hayward, who's the Black Sticks goalkeeper, on the line, and he's got this incredible tattoo on his stomach, which says "Man of the Year." He was feeling it. It's a powerful thing. He's got a powerful uh, mind, and he's doing powerful things at the moment, and that sort of sprung this text machine idea of uh, any quotes or song lyrics that Beaver could potentially uh, get tattooed on himself. Uh, Brett says, a map of Aotearoa and the William Webb Alice on your shoulders with the quote, carrying the country since 2011. Watch the ball, follow through. That's very kind of you, Brett. Um, I mean, I've, I've always known I've got a humble humble co-host and, and like I know this little segment she's she'll tell you he's been inspired by the the man of the year t- the man of the year tattoo but um it's not forgetting that across blazed across uh cursed down his back is impossible as nothing in old English so that's also a big reason why we're, we're on the tattoo chat and, and I may have let it slip that I don't have any tattoo I've never thought of it you but. don't have a tattoo Beeve. you are a humble genius according to our lovely listeners Ken said Beeve, you don't need a tattoo I got one on my arm the simple man got it when I was 18 a uh, bit over it now that's the problem you like them at the time but how long do you like them for yeah, in my argument in the changing room back in the day when all the boys were uh, getting their chest done and their shoulders and, and their biceps and all that done. You don't want to get a tamuku? Well, well actually, that was my idea as well. Maybe the local here we could bestow a full face muku upon you um, for representing the area so well. Well, my biggest issue when the boys were doing all this when we were, you know, early 20s was hey, boys, looks great now. What happens when we all blow out? <laughs> when you're not jacked anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When, you're when not your going, skin's saggy. Yeah, when you're not when being you're not paid to go to the gym. gym. <laughs> you know, it's you're not a bit different, good. eh? Yeah.
I also, I also kind of think, because I subscribe to your school as well, Beef. Um, my, my body's a temple and I don't decorate it. Um, don't laugh that hard, Jacob. Um, and uh, maybe one of those temples in Bali where they let monkeys run loose. Maybe that's the quote you should get when I body is a temple. But I always think, like... Uh, if I look back at twenty-one-year-old me, it was a bit of a, a bit of an airhead, and I wonder, like, would I let that guy tattoo me now? Probably not, and that's why I never got tattoos back then. Because I was like, in the future, I'm going to regret this. Um, and I don't know, curse it. Maybe I was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On a serious note, though, yeah. my dad got a tattoo about five years ago now, and when Ooh. he was fifty-five. Okay. And Samoa. Uh, they just went over on a family trip. So full, I, full thighs? No, no. They got, they got, a, nice, got a nice piece by a local man um, up on his shoulder. And actually, like, I'm, I'm, like, he, he never had a tattoo. He never thought of getting one. He was dead against it. So I'm, I'm for getting a tattoo later in life. So possibly that could be you, babe. Was your dad... Later in life, we're in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How heavy was your dad up the Vilemas that night? <laughs> yeah, he had a bloody great night, I heard. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it actually looks great. So I'll, I'll yeah. Recommend. Don't knock it off. Uh, don't, you know. What age would be have to off. get to? 55. Well, some some already there. Just, <laughs> it's not far off. Just next year, get, get the full Lomi Fartel treatment. Uh, Chris, with another suggestion, two words that encompass impossible is nothing, come off the hour, for the SRD tattoo are obviously Waikato draft. Yeah, well... It's been replaced, that drink, hasn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. It has been replaced. He doesn't drink beer anymore, Chris. He drinks pink gins. <laughs> no, I don't, because Chris doesn't have pink gins. Um, Maybe it's coming. It's another reason I was off for Chili Peppers. They should have got a real brand to uh, put the RTD market out there. But um, Oh, no. that's why you were off them from the start. No, no. I don't even, I don't even know what they were selling, but I definitely saw a crafty option beer-wise. I was like, no. And then, uh, yeah, pink gins. Again, it was a case of get yeah. What what am I going to get most bang and not bang for my buck, just bang for just you bang know, yeah. and you got bang bang yeah. yeah so I went to the pink gins for some reason I thought out the menu that looks like me mm, wonderful wonderful Saturday at Mount Smart Stadium <laughs> and the we trot home afterwards too <laughs> we are talking the Hamilton Sevens over the weekend the final leg in New Zealand after twenty two years and we've got the legendary Honey Hitemi Smiler joining us who was on the call for World Rugby across the weekend Honey. Kia ora, thank you so much for your time. I want to jump straight in and talk about these Blackfern Sevens. Uh, another weekend, another title. How sensational is this group? Oh, super sensational, Kirsten and Bede, good to be on with you two. Um, good to hear you back on the waves, actually. Um, yeah, look, hey, far out, what a weekend, eh? Uh, couldn't, couldn't believe what the girls put out there in terms of performance, you know, to what can see is, was it three tries, Kirst, the whole weekend? Like, that, that really makes them more dominating, doesn't it? Two tries a- across the six games from the weekend is all they conceded. It's like right from the very beginning, they were on. Some other teams took a little while to get into it. We saw upsets galore, both in the women's side and the men's side, actually, um, with the USA beating Australia. But that Blackburn side, there was something different about them this weekend, wasn't there? Well, I tell you, like when you when you look across the field and the, what they were doing throughout the weekend, I was so impressed that Corey had the belief. Corey Sweeney, their coach, had the belief to keep naming that same seven, which conceded of all those young girls. Yeah, so Jasmine Felix Wilson, you know, uh, Georgia Miller. Wow, she's she's something exceptional. Reese Pody Lane, all those young girls, they took the lead this weekend. And they got the results, and then really, you, you know, your veterans and the likes of 
uh, Gossie, Sarah Hidden-y, you know, Noel Guthrie and the like, they come on and just, just you know, finished off on the high. But it was, it was those young players, you know, that makes me really excited for the mm. future of women's rugby. Those girls can go out and, and play the way they did. Honey, you just touched on there, the, I guess the future of women's rugby. I'm just fascinated to know, obviously we've known this Blackfin Sevens team's a, a superstar team for a long time, but on the back of last year's hugely successful World Cup here that they were heroic in, did you notice just, a, I guess, an increase in the in the public reaction to the girls and I guess the profile of some of those older girls you talk about? Yeah, I think so, you know, because the likes of Stacey, Sarah Hidden-y, and, and uh, Portia, Woodman Whitcliffe, they're all, they're all household names now off the mm. back of that World Cup last year. But now people are talking about Michaela Glyde mm. and they're talking about Georgia Miller and, and all the other seven girls who specialise in seven. Jasmine Felix Hotham, you know, she, she's a superstar here now. And, and that's what you want. You want, um, uh, you know, young kids to be knowing all of these girls, knowing all their names, knowing that, yes, they're, they're the seven girls, they're the 15 girls. But most importantly, they're female athletes and they're at the top of the world. So that, that's massive for the game, for little kids coming through. And that's what you saw in the stands, right, Kurt? You saw all these young girls, young boys, screaming out for the girls' signatures or selfies with the girls. And that, that was, I thought, just awesome. I mean, I was, I was gutted for the, for the boys not to win. Yeah. That would have just lost off the whole weekend. But honestly, the fans were just going crazy over the over the women's team. It was amazing. It was amazing, eh, honey? It reminded me a lot of uh, the crowd that we saw at the Women's World Cup, family orientated, a little bit more casual, uh, a little bit more fun, um, and really emotionally invested in this team as well. Um, did you have a player of the tournament? I know you've mentioned several of, of those young girls. Michaela Blyde obviously got player of the final. Did you have a player of the tournament? Yeah, look, I picked Michaela Blythe for player of the tournament, um, lucky enough to be in commentary and get, and get that honour. But, but it was a tough call. Uh, look, I thought um, Georgia Miller was a very, very close second for me, yeah. specifically in that final, but throughout the tournament, I thought Sheree Kaka really stepped up this weekend. Um, and, the, and actually, Tyler Nathan Wong had a really good final as well. And, you know, she's such a smart and crafty player, and she was really the glue you know, for that team. And, yeah, yeah I, I just couldn't believe when you looked down on the bench. And even when games were, I mean, not that they had really tight games, but, you know, when you're, when you're coming out on day two and you're playing your young players in a starting quarterfinal, a starting semifinal, and then start them in the final, uh, that's, like, really never been happened before, you know. And so you can just see that the work has been going on behind the scenes while we're all living the hype of the 15 still. Yeah. All of these other players, we're backing them out, putting in the hard yards, and that's what they're putting out on the field now. You know, they, they went down in Dubai, and they were a bit gutted about that, but then they came off Cape Town. But no one really knew, because I think we're still riding the wave of the 15. But now to do what they did at home again, it just, it just excites the country, right? Do you think this is sort of the changing of the guard then? Do you think we will see, um, we will continue to see on the rest of the series this year, these youngsters take centre stage, start in these matches and have um, some of the more experienced players coming off the bench, looking ahead to the future? Because we know these amazing players that we've seen, the Sarah Hiddenies, the Woodman, Wycliffe, they're not going to be around forever. And, and Niall's already said this is her final year. Yeah, absolutely, and I think you know, Corey's 
really smart the way he's going about it. He's giving the girls all the experience that mm. they need right now, this, you know, the year before Olympics, you know, to prepare them for that, because so, they will be the future going through to the Olympics. And saying that, you know, I guarantee you, Sarah Hidani will stick around for another Olympic station, Flula, absolutely. And there may be a couple there that may or may not, who knows, but, you know, I love that it creates massive competition in that team. But it's it's not a it's not an ugly competition, right? They yeah. they're still very well connected. They operate as sisters, and just on the means too. Like the, those two teams, they um, are very well connected. So you know the the men sevens they support the All Blacks men sevens they support the Black Fern sevens and vice versa. Um, so I, and I really like that that they do come across as one whole family as they travel in and around the World Series, and especially you see it more so when they have these double competitions together and they travel as a unit, you really see the connection between the whole Sevens family. And it's always been like that with Sevens, probably not so much in the 15s. There's not a lot of interaction between the All Blacks and the Black Sands 15. So I think it's the way to go, because, you know, they're learning from each other and they're lifting the profile of the game and, and their country, right? Absolutely. Now, honey, you mentioned that uh, we missed out by an absolute smidgen on having the perfect perfect farewell for the Tron but in general you've seen plenty of these over your years Hamilton finished on uh, finished on top as I guess as a hosting venue and who knows it may come back one day yeah look I think um, I, I can see it coming back to New Zealand look we're too good not to have it here and you know we can pull out the crowds like we had in the weekend I think you know, you know some people mentioned oh the stands look interesting but you know when New Zealand or Fiji played that's when everyone came to the stands other back throughout the back party. <laughs> uh, so you know it, but it, it was a, it was such a great atmosphere. Um, my boys were there, they were over in that over eating zone, they said they have an awesome time. <laughs> and you know it, that's what it brings, it brings all the fans together. It's great the way they set it up. They have the over eatings area and they have the family area, they have the rides. There's so much going on. And that's what makes it such a cool event. And like, hey, you can't can't get any better than Hamilton, right? Oh, oh, well, <laughs> you're talking to Beeve, so to he that. totally agrees with you. But I was actually just going to ask. So, if it does come back to New Zealand, where would you like to see it played? Would you like to see it back in Hamilton? Would you like to see it back in Wellington? Would you like to take it somewhere else altogether? What would you What would you like to see if Sevens is is to come back in the future? Look, I wouldn't mind seeing it under the roof down in Forsyth there because it just eliminates yeah. the conditions. Yeah. The play it year-round, and that's what you want to see with sevens. You, you know, the rain can really hamper the outcome of a game of sevens, and that's what you want. You want the game to be fast and exciting, and when you get it under the roof, then you know it's going to be quality rugby that you do get. And, and Dunedin's a pretty decent place to have it. <laughs> Wouldn't be bad, would it? Yeah, maybe at the end of O week or something like that would be perfect. <laughs> I already see a sponsor, a potential sponsor <laughs> sitting right in front of me. Honey, thank you so much for your time. We really, really appreciate it uh, and loved hearing you on the weekend as well on the call. Awesome. Thanks, Kirsty. Thanks, Beef. Have a good one. You too. Cheers, honey. Honey, Hedemi Smiler joining us here to talk all things HSBC New Zealand Sevens. That is a wrap for now. After 22 years, uh, the New Zealand women's side, the Blackfern Sevens, finish as champions. The men finish as runners-up. Almost perfect. Uh, an amazing weekend for the Argentinian men's side, though, going through, slaying South Africa. They were the giant killers over the weekend, um, and it was really, really cool to see uh, what it meant to that side. Can you believe it, though, B? Can you believe that it's actually all over? No. No, not really. It's iconic, isn't it? Yeah. It's iconic in New Zealand. Yeah, and then I remember the intro earlier today when you mentioned uh, it's going to 
be it iconic venues. Well, yeah, I wonder what they mean by that. Uh, iconic on, on what I level? I think iconic countries. Yes. Okay. We'll find out. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, sure we're yeah. going to find out in the next month or two uh, what they mean by this. But this is what they're saying. Seven iconic locations around the world. Yeah. No, and I mean, yeah, it'd be interesting. If New Zealand has to create its own standalone tournament, where they could have it, like... You could create anything around that, couldn't you? Like, you could make that a humdinger because you'd think all nations would want to come here because they yep. want to play our teams. And for me, I keep thinking back to when the National Sevens were in Queenstown. Oh, you want to go to Queenstown, do I'd you? I'd love to go to Queenstown. You like a good trip to Queenstown. That Wakatipu little arena there. Mm. Might have to put some sort of temporary seating in there. Let's bump it up a little bit capacity-wise, but geez, wouldn't that be a weekend? Brenton's saying bring it to the mount. Another very... Hotspot. Summer hotspot. What's, what's the one that the Bay play when they play at Tauranga? The Domain. Domain. Mm. Great venue. Very handy to beverages. No, not bad. <laughs> not bad. Double eight, double three. If you've got any suggestions on the Temper and Bed Post text line. I like that one though, Brenton. Bring it to the Mount. Where would you like to see the New Zealand Sevens? If it is going to return, what would you like to see happen to that tournament? Where do you think it could be held? 0800 150 on the Makita New Zealand phone line or give us a text. Double eight, double three. This is The Run Home on ECNZ. Have you watched it? Breakpoint, the Netflix documentary following around Nick Kyrgios. If you have, what did you make of the first episode? Beeve, you've seen it and you fell in love with Kokonakas. Well, he was a special case. Yeah, the special case. It was, it was obviously following the, um, there was the open of the previous year for Nick Kyrgios' episode and they didn't dive too deep into when they abused the Kiwis. Um, so I Is that still coming? No, that, 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 was, that was showing that they just beat, they beat the uh, highly ranked uh, partnership. But uh, no, it was actually... I just didn't mind, uh, mind the show. Um, Kyrgios, I don't know what you'd make of... He didn't seem too bad a fella on it. Um, all the guys... It are, is his show, though. All we got, well, they reckon without him, because there's a few others on there, but uh, he's the one they focus in on the first episode, and I guess, obviously, he was going to be the talking point, so they uh, they made a bit of hype and hoopla about that. But um, in general... I guess it's the way of the future as far as these sorts of uh, shows go. I, I do believe... They're doing a PGA one. They're doing one yes. following the PGA Tour, which is going to be like an, another cool. Drive to Survive. And the Six Nations have just signed That's up to was. do yes. a Drive to Survive version. So like a insider, you know, fly-on-the-wall take on the Six Nations. Is that good for rugby? Uh, of course it is. It'll get more people um, Are they interesting? Watching. Yeah. Are they interesting? Yeah. I'm asking Beef. What do you think, Beef? A Monday to Friday, Friday week. Boring. Pretty boring. Mm. Like it's it's like you're not. It's regimented. Traveling the world as a no. superstar, Lewis Hamilton. No. That's got this massive feud with. No. Yeah. And rugby players will traditionally not so much. To, and these. Mm. But yet it may be it may be the the bandaid that they rip off. Uh, Jake, yeah, and exactly. all these guys want to start showing their personalities for their TikTok careers and what have you. So maybe maybe that's the thing that turns it more into an NBA-style 
culture. Who knows? Maybe it's exactly what the sports need. Uh, we will wait and see, but that is definitely coming to screens near you in the future. Coming up on the Makers Menu, thanks to Mick Delivery, we are about to chat to Fox Sports boxing commentator Ben Damon about Joseph Parker. We've got cream of the crop coming up, all thanks to Grain Corp Feeds, plus Drive to Survive for a $50 TAB bonus bet voucher, a fill-up for your Monday as well. That is the Makers Menu, thanks to Mick Delivery, delivering your Makers favourite straight to your door. Judge Phil Edwards scores at 96 to 93. While Judge Howard Foster scores at 97 to 92. And Judge Victor Laughlin scores at 97 to 93. Declaring your winner by unanimous decision. Lupe Soriani, La Well, we love him. He is our Kiwi boxer, Joseph Parker, but you've just heard it there. He defeated first-time heavyweight Jack Massey in Manchester over the weekend uh, by unanimous points decision. But there's been a bit of criticism coming his way, making tough work of a fight that uh, maybe should have been wrapped up a little bit sooner. Joining us to talk about it, uh, Ben Damon. Ben, thank you so much for your time. What did you think of that bout on the weekend? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Joseph Parker is uh, obviously a world-class heavyweight. He's a former world champion. So there is a lot of expectation whenever he goes into a fight, particularly given that he was fighting against someone in Jack Massey who previously campaigned at cruiserweight and was going up to heavyweight for the first time. So a lot thought that maybe he should have been getting rid of Jack Massey, knocking him out earlier in that fight rather than going the distance and losing a couple of rounds. But I think Joe Parker will be reasonably pleased with what happened. Um, he got through the fight unscathed. He really was dominant for the majority of the fight, so there were no concerns about losing. But he didn't get the statement victory that he was probably looking for. He didn't get a, a big knockout or a really dominant performance or, or even drop his opponent. So, yeah, there was certainly... Um, some level of improvement that Joe Parker and his team would like to see from here. But I think some of that criticism is a little bit unfair. Ben, when you, when you say Massey was stepping up a weight class, what's, what's usually the biggest challenges for, for fighters when they do that? Do they just lack the sheer power of, uh, I guess, someone like Joe Parker to, to cause much trouble for them? Or is it just a, a fitness issue of being able to carry that weight for the first time? Yeah, it's just a size thing, really, against someone who's a legitimate heavyweight like Joe Parker. He's got all the weight in the right spots, and he did look the part. He looked in fantastic condition, Joe Parker. Jack Massey, though, he'd put on a bit of weight. He hadn't had uh, those in-between fights sort of to fill out in the right way. So he was naturally the smaller guy and, and, and did have a bit of trouble keeping Joe away. But the criticism of, of Joe Parker is always... Uh, well, it certainly has been in recent years, that he's just lacked aggression at the right times in his fights. He's uh, pretty happy to cruise and, and win these fights and, and score points rather than getting in there and, and trying to knock out his opponents. So um, we, we didn't see any extra aggression in that fight on the weekend, and, and maybe that's a question mark that's going to remain. Where what, What's next for Joseph Parker? Does he continue uh, doing these fights? Do you think he wants another shot of the, at the title? Where can you see him going in the next year or two? Oh, yeah, he'll continue, no doubt about that. He's he's still a world-class heavyweight. He's, uh, he's ranked by the sanctioning bodies. He's in a really good position to even fight for another world title at some point. Um, the only thing that he probably has against him is that there is that little bit of criticism from some of the fans in particular that he doesn't have the aggression that maybe you'd like to see from a heavyweight boxer of his class. But uh, in terms of skill, he's, he's right up there with the very best. And the good thing that, that Joe's got in his favour is that he's really good friends with uh, Tyson Fury. He yes. trains 
with him, the uh, heavyweight champion of the world. He's well regarded um, by all of the, the big players uh, globally in the heavyweight division. So Joe Parker will get some big fights. There's big rematches he can be involved in. Uh, Anthony Joshua is looking for an opponent. He fought against Joe Joyce and uh, he was beaten, but he was uh, he was not at 100% going into that fight. He, he's fought against Gillian White previously. He wants a rematch with him. And of course, there's always the opportunity that Tyson Fury does him a favour and invites him into the opposite corner. Now, talk, talking about potential fights for, for Joe, what about Fraser Clark, who, who won an earlier fight on the same card using his post-match, uh, post-match opportunity to uh, call him out? Yeah, he did. He, uh, he asked uh, if he was ready for a fight with Joe Parker. I don't think Fraser Clark is, is anywhere near ready for a fight with someone like a Joseph Parker. He's very early in his professional career. But that's the thing. If you're a former world champion, everyone wants to fight you, particularly if they see you in a performance like what there was against Jack Massey and think, look, he's strong and he's good, but I don't see anything I'm really scared of. So maybe it'll work in Joe's favour. Maybe there'll be some big name, uh, maybe someone who ends up with a belt once the uh, division fragments a little bit in the next couple of years who thinks Joseph Parker would be a good name. I'll get him as a former world champion into the opposite corner and and maybe Joe can find himself back uh, as a world champion that way because he's got the name. He's certainly, uh, he's been there and done that. He's got all the right connections and uh, he continues to win the vast majority of his fights despite that loss to Joe Joyce. So, yeah, he's in a pretty good position. Ben, uh, just before we got you on the line, we were actually talking about uh, the Breakpoint documentary on Netflix that Nick Kyrgios, uh, of course, is in. Who would be interesting in the boxing world to follow, do you think, to go behind the scenes and do a Drive to Survive style documentary series on? (laughs) Yeah, there's plenty in boxing. There's a lot of... uh, fantastic characters. Uh, We've made a lot of uh, documentary content over the years following a a lot of these big names. One of the more interesting in Australia certainly was uh, Anthony Mundine, never short of a a wild quote. So you were (laughs) always treated to something um, unexpected, even though you you fully expected it to be wild. But I think what I'd rather see is Nick Kyrgios uh, put on the boxing gloves and go into boxing. He's a great character. He'd be fantastic at our press conferences. I don't know if he can fight, but the rest of it would be a bit of fun. He would make a superb uh, talker in in the pre-match press conferences, that's for sure. Hey, Ben, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing your knowledge with us and talking a bit of boxing. Uh, We've loved it. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Don't give up on Joseph Parker, though. There's uh, still plenty around the corner for him. There's no way. There's no way we'll ever give up on our Kiwi guy. Thanks so much for your time, Ben. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Ben Damon joining us from Fox Sports in Australia. He is the resident boxing commentator over there coming to us with plenty of knowledge. Um, That gives me a lot of hope about Joseph Parker. He's not done yet and he could get some big, big fights. Would you like to see him take on Anthony Joshua again? Uh, Of course you would. And uh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Wasn't that, that was quite refreshing for us Mm. Kiwi boxing fans. Very positive. He's certainly uh, he's an attractive prospect for so many still. I've got a question for you, Beave. I know mm. you're big on um, in New Zealand. We've got this thing where uh, people sort of give up on rugby because they think, oh, I'm not going to make the All Blacks, so I'll just jack it in and stop yes. playing rugby. And I know you're big against that. That's something that you're quite passionate about. I feel like we have the same thing with all sports here in New Zealand where we're like, oh, if Joseph Parker's not going to beat Tyson Fury and become like the un- unanimous heavyweight <laughs> yeah. boxing cha- or like the greatest boxer of all time, then he should just jack it in. I feel like that's a lot how a lot of the reporting in the media is on Joseph Parker. But he is a professional boxer. Why are we so quick to give up? Like, if he's not going to beat, you know, be the greatest of all time, does that mean he should stop doing what he loves doing for a job, you know? Oh, absolutely. And uh, and you did right when I remember, I think we've interviewed 
uh, certainly wasn't Ben, but it was someone else probably two or three months ago, and it was the same topic. You know, where's it might have been actually after the Joe Joyce loss, and mm. you know what's where's uh, where's Joey at? You know, is it time to pack it in? Blah blah blah. And I, I can't remember who it was we had on, but they were like, well, he's still going to get well paid. He still thinks he's a boxer who's going to go to the top. Why do we even question where he's? Uh, his, where his career is at, you know, you, you did right. Like, it can only be one Tyson Fury at the moment, and uh, everyone else has just got to scrap for it. And you never know what door might open. So, no, uh, Joe Parker certainly has worked his entire life to be probably exactly where he is right now. Yeah, and he is like that's his job. He's a professional boxer. There's not a lot of people that get to you know live out their childhood dreams as a as a job and get paid quite handsomely for it and live an awesome life. And just because you know we don't think he's going to be the next Muhammad Ali. Yeah. You know, that's, I don't know, it's such an interesting thing that Kiwis have. I know, and I know, like I said before, I know you've thought a lot about that and spoken about it before with rugby. Yeah, absolutely. I guess the the reference I was trying to make is, with the rugby side of things is we're almost going down a, a route of the American sports system where if you're not going to be a superstar out of high school, you don't go and play club rugby. Yeah. You know, and that's that was, I guess, the argument there. I know it's... A, Sort of what we're talking about here too. So no, it's a, it's an interesting one, but yeah, certainly for us people, every now and again we get to watch a Kiwi have a crack on a Sunday afternoon uh, for a world title. Joey's uh, Joey's chances aren't done yet. Uh, just going back to the Netflix sports documentary stuff, uh, you've watched Breakpoint, the first episode, Beep. Uh, so as one of our listeners, watched episode one last night, going to do one at a time, not binge watch it, actually enjoy it. There's lots of characters. Tennis speak, uh, yeah, tennis speak and dates and times. So slow and steady absorption is required, but it's very good. Thank you. you yeah, well, they, they actually bring in one of my favourite tennis players is a, uh, well, not as a kid, but just one that I followed you know, and supported was Andy Roddick, mm. and he's he comes in for snippets. He's like uh, every now and again he'll just come in and give his opinion, like on a curious and stuff. So uh, he adds a fair bit to it as well. So because he's not playing against them anymore, he sort of says it how it is. And uh, no, nah, it's it certainly is entertaining. You st- until you've actually watched it and you hear the others talking about curious, like do they like him? Do oh, people on the circuit like him? They openly say there's a white line fever, like real white line fever. When he gets issue. on the court. Yeah, like absolutely. <laughs> but they also, to a man, they all say most talented tennis player on the circuit. So he actually yep. tried. But then listening to him talk, and I, and this is what I quite liked about him, he said, look, like I couldn't handle being on tour that long. I want to be around my mates. I want to be around my family. I want to be partying. I want to be doing this. I couldn't handle. Sounds exactly like you. <laughs> I couldn't handle. No, please, I had more discipline. Um, but he says I, I couldn't handle doing a ten or eleven month um, tour, tour calendar. And like <laughs> when they talk about and, this, uh, tennis as a sport, I guess you can just pick and choose which ones you do. So he's not wrong. He's not wrong, is he? Oh, whereas talk- you can't choose. You know what? I might just take this weekend off. When they talk about the numbers of tournaments he actually plays, how many is it? Oh, it's not many. <laughs> it's comical. Oh, so it's just the majors and and the and the other and big a few ones, little... like the Indian Wells yeah. and all those. Um, what's the? They, they have a they have a series of ones that are ATP events, five hundreds. Yes, five hundred. Yeah, but they're the big deal ones. Mm. Um, so yeah, the Indian Wells and the likes. He, he picks them out, but uh, yeah, it's it's quite comical when they put his numbers of actually playing. Compared to every other tennis yep. player, they go every weekend. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he can do like what him. he wants, can't he? He yeah. can do what he wants. Um, like that. Sha-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la
Okay, so we've got some good messages coming through. Uh, Paul said he's a cracking player, though, Beeb. This is Freddie Burns, a decent acquisition for the Highlanders. Adam says the Landers could have signed Sam Briggs from South Canterbury-Heartland if they wanted a second or third string 10. And Evan is saying, OK, Beeb, who's the first five that hasn't got a contract? Sam Gilbert played last two games. Cam Miller is the young guy in the squad for this year, so that must be who you were talking oh, about. Yes, who yes. is this Cam Miller guy? Well, he's the young one in the squad this year. So um, he's got a contract. But Gilbert was the big... I think the Gilbert's the one that you were referencing who came in and made... 15 yeah, to 10. And made a bit Marty of Marty Banks was there last year, but I think he's going to Japan for one last season this year. And is it, that wrong? Is that no, right? No, I think you might be wrong there. And Mitch Hunt... And Mitch Hunt... Did he sign an overseas contract or is he coming back in? No, I'm pretty sure he's there too. He's, But he was injured last year, yes. I remember. Yeah, well, and then had, had just a bit of a roller coaster in form. Yeah. Um, so they sort of... Tried a few different things and uh, and sort of even thought that we could keep putting Mitch out there or give him a bit of a break. So I think they gave him a bit of a break. So Freddie has replaced Marty Banks, presumably. Yeah, I think I think so. And, and don't get me wrong, Freddie Burns is a very good footballer, but I just don't know if we need to. You know, I can see why I've done it. Clark Dermot is going to judge on results. Yeah. So first year, he's just trying to get as good a squad as he can. But you know, the Landers are there to be a good New Zealand side. To no. develop New Zealanders, to you'd rather see another Kiwi. Of course, there. of course you would, because I mean, at some stage, somebody's going to pull out the loyalty card when a player signs overseas, and you're going to turn around and go, "Well, I don't know. It's got to work both ways." Mm, fair enough. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, time now for cream of the crop. All thanks to Grain Corp Feeds, your trusted partner for quality summer dairy feed options. How else could it be this weekend? There was so much sport going on, but we go back to Hamilton, the HSBC New Zealand Seven Series League to our Black Fern Sevens. Impressive Miller. New Zealand swinging on to attack in the opening moments of this match. Blind looking aside and Patrick in the middle for Kaka, she's got Blyde outside here, gets the ball, bangs it onto the chest, knocks it up, Patrick in the final, McGann wants in on the action herself, as does Woodman, which with a little in in the way, and once again, the Blackburn Sevens reign on their home soil. Yeah, the Blackfern Sevens, glory in Hamilton. This one was sweet. It hits a bit different when you do it at home in front of uh, 15, 20-odd thousand people cheering you on in the stands. The woman finally, after two years, got to play in front of their friends and families again. Michaela Blyde, a hat-trick in the final. She was simply superb across the weekend, as Honey Hedemi Smiler said. Player in the final, clearly the best player of the tournament, but some real young guns with a huge future in this team as well. The likes of George. Georgia Miller, Reese Pody Lane, and Jasmine Felix Hotham as well. Well done to our Blackfern Sevens. You are our cream of the crop this week, all thanks to Grain Corp Feeds, your partner for high quality dry and liquid summer dairy feed options, supplying farmers nationwide. This is Drive to Survive.
Now is the time for Drive to Survive. It is back for 2023 and we've got some dollars to give away all thanks to the TAB. $50 to be exact in bonus bets. And I tell you what, after the holiday that I have had with the rain and my TAB account getting absolutely <laughs> flooded, I could do with that $50 myself. But it is time for you to win some money. So give us a bell 0800 150811 on the Makita New Zealand phone line. Roll the outdoors. You beef have any big wins uh, over the break or could you do with a wee top up in the account as well? Oh look I probably it's actually funny I actually Had some winners have you? Well I, I had a good boxing day which I Oh where'd you get your tips from? Quato during the during the week on the uh, last week when me and Kim did the breakfast Oh and he gave you a hot tip for Allersley was it? A boxing day was at Pookie of course Oh Pookie um, and to be fair I was saying to my neighbour down at the batch because he's a bit of a gambler. I said, it's actually the, the least I've been gambling. Now I'm not listening to um, Paulie and uh, BP every day. Yeah, me day. too. I only did it every few days <laughs> <laughs> instead of every day. So I only lost it every couple of days. No, and, and then uh, I actually went all right, obviously, last week with Louis. Well, you can't spend a week with Louis and not put about a million bets on. Uh, so we uh, we got, we actually got Cam George's horse, the oh. winner. The winner. What of, sort of money was that paying? Uh, fours. Four dollars. Fours for one. That's good. Two for a place. So yeah, dipped in there because Louis had told me it all week, and then when I said to Louis, I'm, I'm all in on it now, and he's like, well, Oh, did he start pulling out? I said, oh, I don't know, babe. It's a pretty even race, but <laughs> I stay strong on it. But I tell you what, great to be back, and great to be back. About to launch into another drive to survive. There's still room in the pen, of course. Call if you are interested in getting fifty bucks from the Great TAB because what of I guess both pre and post Christmas because I did Quizzy Dag oh yes a wonderful concept and a wonderful quiz section on the breakfast but I just didn't know I think I bought Drive to Survive Beaver to Quizzy Dag and I just don't know if that's the vibe they get going on, on Quizzy Dag is it the same? No, well, they, they actually get people like yourself involved they get a option of a phone a friend which is always the co-host and so the co-host either gives a cryptic clue or a sitter of a clue. Um, so interesting little dimension, that one. But I guess this is why it's Drive Survive. There's no friends to phone here. It's well, uh, brutal. Let's play. You earn your money here. You earn your money. $50 and bonus bet vouchers from the TAB could be coming your way. So let's kick start it off for the new year, Beef. Yeah, and we've got some wonderful names waiting in the pen. And we're going to start with one of our iconic, one of our favourites. We're going to go to the coast. Nadi Pado country, but he's probably not there. He's probably in Auckland. 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 Um, Ed, Ed, how are you? Hey, Beaver. Hi, Chrissy. Yeah, I'm just driving home. <laughs> Beautiful, mate. Hey, let's let's start drive to survive 2023 with a $50 pickup for you, Ed. Question one, lap one. Who won the women's sevens in Hamilton over the weekend? Oh, um, the black one. Of course, it was the Black Ferns. Beautiful question. First up, a nice half volley. Some might say, well, question two is in the half volley category two. Who won Friday night's Black Clash? Oh, the cricket team. It was team cricket. We will stay in that fixture. And one of my favourite cricketers of my lifetime. 
will be the subject of the next question. He once bowled sharp enough to clock 141 in the Napier Nets. He hurried up Brett Lee, he told me. But this was not about his bowling, this is about his batting. So, how many runs did the great Israel Dag score in the Black Clash? Well, he get one? <laughs> <laughs> he got one and he chewed up seven valuable dot balls. He got his one off eight. So, uh, Izzy, if you're not going to score runs, get out quicker than that. You're just uh, tying up an end there. Uh, but uh, as I say, it's a shame that those knees could have held up for Izzy to come off the long run up. Question four, lap one. What horse won the Karaka Millions two-year-old race? Um, hold on, it'll come to me. Um, uh, the two-year-old race. Uh, oh my god, I just forgot it. Um, come uh, on. Hold on, Tokyo! Tokyo! Ye- yes, Ed. Um, his last name is Tokyo. Sounds like. Tokyo. To- Tokyo. Yep, you've got I it. Think, You're combining okay, it all okay. in one. Tokyo, mm. what? Tokyo. Tokyo! Tycoon! <laughs> yeah. We knew tycoon. you had it. It was on the tip of your tongue. Jeez, I feel like I'm back on Cozzy Dad because I was about to give you a clue. I, I, I was soft. I'm sure you backed that E. You I did. I did. I did. He's happy. Oh, He's happy as Cameron George today. He did too. He did too. You're right. Well, lap one is done. And it's been looked after by Ed from Tolaga Bay. And yes, I probably did give him a little bit longer than I would have in 2022 for that question but he was halfway there he was halfway there so lap two question one and this should be on the tip of your tongue too because we've just talked to our friend Ben from across the ditch at Fox Sports who did Joseph Parker defeat over the weekend um Jack Massey Jack Massey is correct Ed has started 2023 with some panache what competition did our Zoe Sadisky, oh jeepers, you've set me up here. Well, we all know who who's Zoe. Zoe. <laughs> who? Our, Zoe great, who? our great winter Olympian. Ed needs to know her full name <laughs> to make an informed... Well, Sadowski Senate. Zoe Sadowski. Sadowski Senate. Sadowski Senate, yeah. When I, what, what event, what competition did she win over the weekend? Oh, she won a... Oh, I don't know the name of it. She won a world champs over in some week. Oh, I'm sorry. Give me the country. Give me the country and you'll get it. Oh, uh, I got a, it's a guess. Uh, USA? His engine we move has on. blown. We move on. Sorry, Ed. Ed's luck has run out. We now go to South Canterbury and the wonderful Adam. Adam, how are you, mate? Long pause. Are you there, Adam? He's got to be. Are you there? I can see him. He's not, apparently, so we go to Simon up in Auckland. Simon, how are we? Good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Great to be back here on the run home. Question two, lap two. What competition did Zoe sadowski Sinnott win over the weekend? Was it the Slope Style? LA Open? This is the worst start for a Grand Prix that I have ever seen. Tough question. Let's see if Zaid can master it. Let's see. Zaid, how are you in this new year? 
I'm on the Gold Coast on holiday right now. Nice. Oh, great to have you. What have you done today yeah, on the great. Goldie? Um, just went out and done a bit of supermarket shopping and um, been in the swimming pool. Nice. Jeez. Yeah, pretty good. Just in surface. Awesome. Surface. Awesome. I mate. think it was the, I think it was the Switzerland World Champion, uh, Switzerland World Championships. Good enough, Zade. Good enough for us. Absolutely good enough for us. Question three, lap two. We are with Zade, who is in surface paradise at the moment, and he could be in paradise very soon if he gets fifty dollars for his TAB account. The Silver Ferns lost to Australia overnight. In which country were they playing in? South Africa. They were playing in South Africa. And, well, just like that, Zaid is about to collect 50 from us and our great mates. Which former NFL player turned ESPN host had a heated exchange with Steve Adams over the weekend? Oh. Uh, Not sure about that. Tom Brady? His engine has blown. And just like that, we have got our first... Jackpot. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. We'll be going for $100, all thanks to our great friends at the TAB. That is Drive to Survive done and dusted for your Monday, but make sure you do give us a call tomorrow. Teamless Tuesday, it is going to be a blockbuster show.